Welcome to the Swim Strong Dry Land podcast. We are dedicated to inspiring and educating the swimming world. Our podcast highlights the work, character, and achievements in and around the Swim Strong community. Welcome, everybody. We have Coach Joe Natina from the Crow Canyon Sharks here joining us today. Coach Joe, would you mind giving a quick intro of yourself and where you're from? Um, my name's Joe. I coach at Crow Canyon Sharks. Um, I grew up in Redding, California. I've lived in California my whole life. Um, and I've been at uh, Crow Canyon for eight years, a little over, going on nine. I'm in my ninth year. Uh, well, we appreciate you joining us today. And Coach Joe has, for the last eight years uh, of coaching, had someone in the top 100 in the world on his team. Phenomenal, phenomenal track record with Crow Canyon as a coach. And so we're excited to really hear uh, your secret sauce, the things you've done in your career, what's led you to being successful. And we have the privilege of um, getting to work with you in the Swim Strong family. And so we're super grateful to brush shoulders with you on a day-to-day -day basis and um, for everything you do. So, but before we get into the meat of everything, we got to do some rapid fire questions. So you ready? I'm ready. All right. First up, what would be your walkout song? Uh, Holy Diver. Dio. Favorite movie? Gotta be the Big Lebowski. Okay. I thought you were going to say Step Brothers. <laughs> Close second. <laughs> Close second. What would you do if you weren't a coach? What would you be doing in your career if you weren't a coach? So since I was a little kid, I, always, I just like being outside. So I always wanted to be a wildlife photographer, but swimming pulled me in. So <laughs> That's awesome. probably that. How about your dream vacation? Money's not a thing. Ooh, Alaskan wilderness for like a month. Sick. Best restaurant at any travel swim meet you've ever been to? Terry Black's, Austin, Texas. Shout out, Texas. And what's something that most people don't know about you? Um, I don't know about most people. because, But yeah, I guess most people don't know. But I have a really big family. I got uh, eight siblings. They're all sisters. Um, I've got... Uh, my my mom's side of the family is huge. It's like um, they had my mom's parents had eleven kids and then adopted two, and then all those kids had um, anywhere from four to eleven kids. So I've got like I've got over a hundred first cousins, and they all live in a small area in Northern California. So it's interesting growing up. Well, I don't know any other way, but That's awesome. I hung out with my cousins a lot. So that's really you can start a whole swim times. team with your family. I think we tried. <laughs> they're not all they're not all swimmers. So thanks for answering all those so people can get to know you a little bit more on a personal level as we jump in here. Uh, so Joe's an awesome guy. I'm excited to get into um, kind of the professional side of things for you just in your coaching career. And I'm curious, first off, just uh, you are going to be, you're not only a USA national junior team coach, but you're, you've been selected to coach at uh, world juniors this year in Israel. And first question I have for you is just what does it take to earn a spot on the team to be able to go to worlds or coach at a USA uh, national junior on, camp on staff or as an athlete to be on staff as a coach? Um, 
you know, I, I think, well, it's a selection thing. So, um, there's no one way to go about it. I don't think, I think, um, you have to have somebody on the team, I think is one of the requisites. Um, but I also think, um, there's kind of a progression to it. Like, um, they want the, the head coaches, Jenny and Ken are, are great. And they've, they've done these things before, you know? Um, so I think that's, they start there, you know, they start with the head coaches. Um, and um, Eric Postgay, like I should shout him out. He's been phenomenal, like such a good resource. Um, and uh, he's like super knowledgeable about the sport, like unbelievably knowledgeable about the sport. And for those of you who don't know, he's the junior team director. Um, he makes the calls, but I think, you know, it's probably a collaborative effort, I would imagine. First to select the head coaches um, and then – Eric and the head coaches selecting the staff. I, I just think you have to be somebody that um, works well with others um, because when you're coaching a team like that, like I was up at the junior team camp, um, with Abby, Lou, and Jason Walter were the head coaches up there. And, you know, we've got 40-some athletes um, that all are used to different things, and we all do different things in our programs. Um, so communicating – collaborating, figuring out what the athletes need. Um, obviously at a camp, it's in April, it's not as critical as uh, what we're leading into right now. So um, yeah, I think it's just like, you gotta, you gotta have athletes that are making teams and you gotta have athletes that are making teams consistently. Um, and it kind of, it, it shows USA swimming that you, you know what you're doing. Um, and um and then, you know, having having good relationships with with other coaches um, across the country is important, yeah. uh, I think, so that people know that you can work well with others. Um, yeah, it and, makes sense. Uh, somehow, some way, I did that. <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it's it's definitely an honor. Like it's it's not something to be overlooked. I'm super excited about it. It's really cool. Well, congratulations first on being selected and for that opportunity because it's well-deserved and Joe's a super humble guy, so I'll shout it out, um, you know, when he won't, but um, absolutely awesome. But what was it about the experience with whether it's the National Junior Team Camp um, that led you to accept a position as a Junior Worlds coach? Like, what are you most looking forward to about that experience? What do you personally get, um, get out of it? Well, honestly, I um, like when Eric called me for uh, the Junior Team Camp, and like, it's a really busy time of year for our team back home. And, uh, I was like, Hey man, can I, uh, can I get back to you? Like next week, I need to talk to my staff and, uh, see if I can get it covered. Cause we had a bunch of meets going on at the same time too. And he's like, uh, you can get back to me tomorrow. I was like, Oh, is this like something that people don't turn down? he's like, yeah. So I, <laughs> I was like, okay, I'll do it. I'll figure it out. So, um, but yeah, like really the experience at the junior team was just about the athletes, man. Like, you know, I, I knew most of the coaches already um, and it was fun and, and uh, educational hanging out with them for sure. Um, but just getting to know the athletes and like um, how dedicated all of them are you know, and, and it's, it's really good for those athletes to get together too, because, you know, they're, they're the elite of the elite. And, um, 
most of them, they got one, maybe two, the really, really, really successful teams, three, three athletes from their home clubs coming out there. So um, it's, it's good for them to talk to those other athletes and, and, you know, kind of relate to how it is being back home where you're the top dog. And um, it always seems like you're, you know, way out ahead, but it's good for them every once in a while to come get in the pool with, with other athletes that are on the same level to remind them that they got to keep working. So, um, it was fun watching all that. It was fun getting to know the athletes and then like, and then seeing them swim at, at nationals, you know, like watching Thomas Heelman and, uh, Henry McFadden make those, make that team was like so much fun. Um, and I'm not much of like a swim fan, I wouldn't say, but I'm a people fan, a competition fan, you know? So, that made nationals even more fun watching all those athletes that I, that I got to meet and get to know kick butt at that meet. So that's looking awesome. forward to it again. That's cool. That's cool to hear. I feel like being able to be with athletes from all over is such a rewarding experience and being involved in people's lives, even just for us too. like go, when we travel around or host different camps or go to swim meets, being with the athletes and experiencing the joy. Of yeah. I got, I actually thought of you when I was at nationals. Cause I'm like, Oh, this is what it's like when Eric comes out. To <laughs> <laughs> the kids from all over uh, swimming and like every heat, there's somebody, you know, so it's so cool. much fun. So that that's, that's awesome to hear. And one of the reasons why I'm sure they selected you out there too, just cause that's your, your focus is on the athletes. And I'm sure that's been a huge secret to your success is that, it's not about you. It's about the kids. It's about what you can give them so that they can reach their dreams and be the best they can be and have an impact on them. And um, I'll, I'll let you speak to it, but I'm wondering, so I don't want to just glaze over this or gloss over this, but, you know, having, you know, in eight years of coaching um, at Crow, having somebody in the top 100 in the world every year is pretty crazy. And then being selected for these different national opportunities international opportunities um it speaks volumes about what you've done but like you didn't just get there overnight right and so i'm wondering if you could give some insight into like hey if you're a young coach starting a team or even just a coach who's been in it for a while but hasn't seen that type of um progress or success yet what would be like your advice for someone who wants to have the you know distinguished um things that you've you know that you've accomplished and and they want to do the same thing um, I mean, I, I believe, and, uh, really, I think we took like the next step after, uh, having, um, I forget the company that he runs, but this, uh, guy named David Bensel out, um, who is like, like for a team building exercise, but he, he spoke to something that really resonated with me, which is like being a values driven program, not a results driven program. Like the results are fun, you know, the results are really fun, but, um, like it's the, the important thing is the values that, that, uh, we care about. And I think you have to like, you have to decide what those are. That's like your baseline. What's important, you know? Um, and those things should take no talent whatsoever. And those things should be contributable uh, I don't know if that's the right word, but uh, everyone should be able to contribute to those things, regardless of their level of ability. Um, and um, if you can, if you can create that kind of environment, um, 
people will thrive because they'll feel valued regardless of their, regardless of their achievement level, you know? Mm. And, um, that's what we try to do. We're imperfect, but that's what we try to do. Like I'm definitely, you know, I definitely have to steer myself back onto that course every once in a while when I'm like, Oh man, we should be swimming faster. And then I can relate it back to our values and, and get back on track. And since we've done that, that's when we've really taken off as a team. Like we, we always had uh, good athletes. We've been blessed with really talented athletes and really hardworking athletes. Um, but our team culture now is, is better than it's ever been. Um, and um, I think that's the baseline. Um, and then like for me, I, I just think swimming efficiency is, is always been really important to me. Um, the technique side of things and like giving kids simple instruction on how to do that um, and how to measure that so that they can, they can take responsibility for it. Like we count strokes on every lap. Um, we check times on every lap, regardless of like our, our speed that we're trying to achieve. Like we want to know what those are. Um, and, uh, I think that my, my number one advice would be like, figure out what your what is important to you, you know, get three things that everyone can relate to. That's, that's not, that's not talent driven that everyone can do. Um, whether that's, you know. You know, ours are teamwork, toughness, and trust. It probably could be uh, teamwork, toughness, and honesty. But I wanted another T, so because <laughs> <laughs> um, I like alliterations. But um, you know, like for us, like teamwork, like that's an obvious one. Like you put the needs of the team above the needs of the individual. Um, and toughness isn't about doing ten thousand yards a day. Um, even though if you're a distance swimmer, every once in a while, I think you need to do that. Um, it's about doing the right thing, even when it's the hard thing, you know, um, mm -hmm. and being a good teammate is they, they're kind of intertwined because like, sometimes you need to tell your teammate something that's hard to tell them. That's hard to hear. Um, mm -hmm. and the honesty and trust part is like, you, know, you want to be someone that people can trust. Um, and that comes through honesty and, um, and your teammates need to trust that when you are, you know, telling them they need to do something better uh, that it's coming from a good place, you mm -hmm. know, that it's coming from a place that they want you to succeed, like that you have interest in their success. Um, so that's been ours. Um, and uh, it's really like, I, it's corny, you know, it's, it's definitely corny, but I, I believe in it. Like, cause I've seen it and um, yeah. I've seen it work over time. And um that culture build over time. Cause like each successive wave of, let's say like graduating seniors, right? Like, Hey, the, the freshmen that we have this year on our team have really good examples to look up to, you know? Um, and the freshmen that we have on our team next year are going to have even better examples to look up to because, you know, those kids have continued to have better and better examples to look up to. If, I, w I don't want to say better, but just kids that have figured more things out. Mm -hmm. You know, like you, you learn through osmosis through your teammates, right. Of, you know, the way to go about things, the way to carry yourself, the way, the way to, uh, focus, put your efforts in, in the right spot, not take your, not take yourself too seriously. Um, and then those individual athletes probably figure some new things out on their own, you know? And so they, it's just like more knowledge of the way, the right way to go about things, I think is, is, yeah. um, 
is what it is. And then each successive wave of kids just has a little bit more that they get through osmosis and they figure out things on their own. So, but I would say like your culture and your values are the number one things. And then as far as training goes, like there's a lot of different ways to skin a cat. Um, and like the more that I learn about the sport, the less I feel I know. Um, and, uh, the hunger I get for knowledge. So I'd say like, stay hungry for knowledge, but don't change too much at one time. Like, you know, you know, 10% rule is pretty good. Whether you're progressing through a season, like how much yard is to add, how much intensity to add. It's also a good rule for if you're making a change. I think the first person I heard say that was Ray Luz. Um, and I, I was like, Oh, that's a really good idea. Cause it's like, if you, if you completely change your program around all at once, you don't know what it was that caused the success or the failure that you have, right? You, mm. you want to do it in increments. So like, Oh, the only thing we changed this season was on Tuesdays, we did more, you know, anaerobic kicking and we went really fast. So let's do a little bit more of that. Um, and uh, I, I just think, I, I also think that like kids, or especially kids that are like still in high school athletes that are still in high school. Like I think they need aerobic conditioning. Um, and I think they need to do it in a specific way. Um, at least that's, that's what we do. That's what we've had success with. Um, so that they have the opportunity to swim multiple distances. Well, right. Um, like you can, you can just hammer out a bunch of laps and, and be good at the mile, but probably only the mile. Um, if you're, if you want to be able to have speed and endurance, I think you need to, you need to have a stroke count, a kick count and a time you're supposed to hold when you're doing, you know, repeats of aerobic conditioning. Um, and I think if you keep your stroke count down, you give yourself the opportunity to have speed. So, like the way we, the way I operate at least is going on the assumption that most kids are going to be middle distance swimmers. Um, and until they show promise in just sprinting, um, we, we focus on that. Um, and, uh, and like, yeah, hopefully by the time they're 16, 17, 18, we kind of know what their specialties are. Um, mm -hmm. and then we start to, we start to focus on those, but in our program, we really try not to do so. Like everybody's an IM -er and everybody's a middle distance swimmer until they're 15, 16. And you really start to know what they're, what they're going to, what their genetic potential is, you know, mm -hmm. um, yeah. most, most, most humans fall under the middle distance category. There's like a little bit on the sprint end of the spectrum, a little bit on the distance end of the spectrum. Most people fall in the middle. So like, my thing is like, Hey, we, we want to be the best we can be right. Whatever that, whatever that ends up being. So we train them to be able to, you know, put themselves in a position to have success, even if they end up being a distance swimmer only, or if they end up being a sprinter only, like if you train that middle ground, mm -hmm. I think that they can, uh, they can have success when we figure out what their specialty actually is. Yeah. No, I feel like that's really great advice. You gave a lot of good things for like a starting point. Number one, I heard you say team culture is first and foremost. And I think that's phenomenal. Like if you have that focus, you're going to see results happen. I love what you said about how the results are fun, uh, but the, but they're not the focus. It's a 
really a character driven program, um, a people focused program and, and the results happen as a byproduct. And then yeah. hearing you say, and, and I think this takes humility and maybe you can speak a little bit to this. I think this is something unique about you. I think everyone, there's a good amount of people who have um, done this, but there's a lot who haven't um, been open to continued education. And so you, you said something that I think a lot of people are missing, if I'm being honest, is that people have their way of doing something mm -hmm. and then hearing new things is either can be offensive to them or too like too challenging or too much to comprehend. And you said to build as many relationships as you can. And so you have a lot of friends across the coaching community and I've seen that and, and you give a lot to people and then, um, and, and they give a lot to, as well. And you're crediting all these people with a lot. Of, and I just think that that goes to show your humility and not only being open to like, Hey, I, he said, the more I, um, educate myself, the more I realize I don't know, I feel the same way, um, in our sphere and, always wanting to learn and having that hunger, I think is so important in what makes you great. So how, what specific things do you do to continue to learn, you know, as a coach and how did you develop the mindset to be like that? Because I feel like ego gets in the way of a lot of people from being as successful as they could be. And you don't have that. Like specifically, I, I just, you know, I want to, I want to do the best job I possibly can. Like, I, I just want to, I want to do the best I possibly can. I'm, I'm spending a lot of time doing this. Just like, you know, I tell the athletes, like, why wouldn't you want to be the best you can be? You're dedicating your life to this thing, you know? So, um, dude, I have an ego for sure. Um, no doubt. I definitely do. Um, but, um, I don't know. I guess that just gets pushed aside when I'm thinking like, how do I do better? I, I don't know. But, Specifically, like it's just talking to other coaches um, around the country, um, seeing what they're doing, how we can imp implement something I think might work um, incrementally. Um, and uh, like that's been the biggest store. That's been the biggest resource for me. Like I I'm a I'm a yacker, man. You made me laugh because you're talking about all the coaches I'm, I'm friends with around the country. Like my <laughs> athletes would. My athletes don't like that because oftentimes at meets they can't find me because I'm off. <laughs> I'm walking around constantly. I get my steps in talking to people, but um, I've seen. Yeah, that. that's really the, the what I found is like the most where I soak in information best is just like having a conversation with coaches. Mm -hmm. Like I've been, I've been to a lot of clinics and they're good. Uh, and some are better than others, but um, I've been to coaching clinics and you know national team coaches seminars at the training center um and they're all good um but you know they're those speakers are picking the content you know um and uh and when you're in a conversation with somebody you it's 50 50 you get to pick that content so like i just think having a a, a circle of of coaches that you know you talk to on a regular basis and um see what they're doing, what's working for them, what's not. Um, and I've been super lucky in, in some of the relationships that I've, that I've had with other coaches around the country. And I try to continue to, you know, build more um, just to build my knowledge base. But um, 
yeah, man, I, I, I think it's, I think it's important. I think it's important to, to continue to learn for sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. Otherwise you're just stand, standing still. So, well, let's talk about some of your kids. So you have some phenomenal people and athletes on your team and, you know, you can highlight anything you want to. Um, I'll start just specifically talking about Bailey Hartman because you're going to uh, world juniors with her in Israel. And so people can see, you know, athletes and you have a good amount of them at that caliber and think, oh, that, that person's wicked talented. And, but when you start seeing people be successful over and over and over again, it's no mistake. And so I'm wondering like just, um, with Bailey and with anyone, um, on your team that you want to mention, like, what is it that separate someone who makes the world top 100 or makes world juniors or represents team USA. What is it that someone like Bailey does on a daily basis that makes her so dominant in her performances? Um, well, I mean, to, to compete at, you know, at a world junior team level or a national team level or an Olympic level, like there's no doubt you have to have, talent for sure um i think um if you want to swim at a division one school there's a lot of options um particular for female athletes um i think at that level and i'll get back to bailey but at that level like hey you want to swim for a college team like whether it's you know d1 d2 d3 whatever there's a lot of options like i think everybody can do that because Agreed. um like swimming is a stupid thing to do with your body like it's it's crazy it's like nothing is natural it's all skill based you know you can have attributes big hands big feet long arms you're tall you're strong whatever that may be whatever your physical attributes are like that can help you but ultimately internally rotating your shoulder as you elevate it over your body and then you put as much force on it as you can 10,000 times a day is not what we're designed to do. Um, and neither is a breaststroke kick or streamline um, or a flutter or dolphin kick for that matter. Like our bodies weren't designed to do that. So I think it's a skill-based sport that if you start dedicating yourself to it early enough and you stick with it and continuously try to improve that the mechanics of the sport and get in really good shape, you can go pretty fast. Um, for somebody like Bailey, like, at that level, you got to be really talented and you got to work really hard and you got to work on your technique all the time. Um, I think, you know, what separates Bailey, like for sure, her, her work ethic is excellent. Um, she comes from a phenomenal family that um, is kind of like, you know, pack your lunch and go to work style. Um, not a lot of fluff around it. Um, and they expect her to represent uh, herself well when she's outside of the house, you know, and uh, she does that. Um, but I think with, with Bailey, like what I've seen from her training is she definitely ha does some things in training every once in a while where you're like, whoa, that was amazing. <laughs> like, holy crap, that's another level, you know, but it's not that often. It's not every day. It's not every week. Uh, it may be once a month where you're like, whoa, that's amazing. Um, but her worst days of training are just where she just does the set as prescribed, you know, 
works on works on whatever technical thing we're working on as prescribed. Um, and she never misses practice ever. Um, unless I make her, you know, um, and like you add a bunch of those days up where, um, your worst days are just doing what's prescribed. Um, and you get really good. It's like, she's had some breakthrough performances, you know, for sure. But it's just been a pretty steady upward tick for her. Um, and I think that she, it's, it's mostly that. And just like, she really thrives in an environment where she's doing something. Um, and I preach about this all the time, so I'll take some credit, but it's probably just her. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, she thrives where she's, she's doing something for her team you know, um, and, and, you know, I would imagine doing it for your country is a whole nother level of that. Like, I think she's best when she's not thinking about herself, you know, like, mm-hmm. I think why she did so well at juniors, like that wasn't like juniors wasn't the focus for her. it was just so she could go swim somewhere um, and not just have to do one-on-one training with me. But it was like, <laughs> Hey, we're in, we're in a points race here. Like, the plan to keep you in shape was to do, um, you know, all these events. She swum 18 times the meet, you know, um, she's probably doing over 7,000 meters of warm up, warm down a day. Like that was her training that week, you know? Mm -hmm. Um, and she was going to swim hard to do that, but like she started swimming a heck of a lot harder after day one when she's like, Oh wow, we could actually maybe win this meet on the girl side. And, and, uh, yeah, I think she thrives and that's what's really special about her, I think. When she when she has the opportunity to contribute to something uh bigger than herself, I think that's when she's like that's cool. at her best. Um and uh I really appreciate that about her, you know? I'm I'm I feel lucky to uh to be able to coach somebody like that. It's really cool. <laughs> it makes me look good. <laughs> um well, and then, that's... like, you know, she, that, that bleeds throughout the rest of the team. Like, it's nice when your most successful athlete is your hardest working athlete. That's, that's another thing I recommend for people starting up a team. Find an athlete that will work really hard that is your most successful athlete. That helps a lot. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, we, you know, we have a lot of good athletes on our team. Like, one of the ones you, you know is Rhea. And, like, for her, similar to Bailey, like, she doesn't miss. And she works on her stuff all the time she wasn't as put together at, you know, 12 years old when she joined our team as Bailey was Rhea was, you know, was a project, but I got to give a lot of credit to uh, Ethan Hall for spotting that like right away. uh, He's have you, I don't know that you ever met Ethan. Did you meet him? I know of Uh, Ethan, but I think I met him on one call, but that's, he's the, he's, he's one of the best coaches in the world, man. He's great. Um, And uh, I remember when she joined our team, I, I think she was 12. I think she was 12 and uh, she was swimming wreck and like she'd take like, I'm not kidding, like 18 strokes of breaststroke in a lap. Like she didn't make it past the flags with her pull downs. Like, sorry, Rhea, but, um, <laughs> yeah. and, uh, Ethan's like, that girl's going to be really good. And I was like, dude, I don't know. He's like, no, nope, <laughs> you watch. She's going to be really good. Um, and, uh, yeah, she's, she's, uh, she's, She's a cool customer, man. I, I, I had our, uh, 
the coach that was uh, that was running the group at the time that she was in, I was like, hey, I'm going to come in. I'm going to show you what to do with this with this kid, right? Like, we got to get her stroke count down. We got to teach her how to do pull downs. So let's, like, do basically, like, a lesson with two coaches and an athlete to, like, figure out what it is that she needs to focus on in practice. And we came to the conclusion that she needed to do separated breaststroke. And, like, that was just, like – uh, for people that don't know what separated breaststroke because it's just like a pull stop and then you kick stop and then pull like you don't you don't ever move your arms and your legs at the same time and i think we made her do that for three months <laughs> when she swam breaststroke that meets too That's we awesome. made her do it all the time um and she did it um i might be over exaggerating might have been less than three months but it i'm sure it felt like three months to her um but yeah it worked uh, and she was a trooper about it. And she like, I think maybe more than anybody, uh, her and Owen, probably, they're probably mat- matched. They like to race. You know, they, I think they enjoy the process of, of racing. Um, and uh, she has, uh, she's certainly done that really well. Um, and then when we're talking about her kids, I got to give a shout out to our guys because uh, everybody always wants to talk about our girls. <laughs> <laughs> He's some for Crocania. The girls are pretty good. So I was, uh, I was super, I honestly, like, I think 800 freestyle relay was on, uh, was on Tuesday at juniors. Um, and you know, I, I love Bailey. Don't get me wrong, but I was more excited for the guys getting seventh in the 800 freestyle relay than the girls or than Bailey winning the hundred free. <laughs> I was so pumped because They've, uh, they've, they've been, uh, it's, it's been, a a while since we've had a group of guys like that. And they, they've like this last year, they've just, they've taken the training in our, in our group to another level, you know, that specifically the boys, Owen, Devin, um, Ethan Wang, even our younger guys, um, have created a, a, a new level of, of training and, what they expect from each other in practice. And like, mm. I'm, I'm super proud of those, those boys. And I think uh, Owen Barry deserves a lot of credit for, uh, for getting us there. So that's, yeah. yeah. Good kids. It. Good kids. Across the board. I know obviously there's a bunch that you could shout out across the board um, for the sake of time. So we won't have, you know, yeah. going for we'll five hours. On. We'll keep moving. Yeah. But, but I, I love I love hearing that and all the kids on your team are just phenomenal people too. And it was fun. I got to the privilege of going to Hawaii with you guys for a training trip and got to know a bunch of them. And that was a ton of fun. And I got to see their mindset and their work ethic and some of the behind the scenes and um, just the way that they work and interact and push each other and the way that you interact and coach them and the details. And um, I'm wondering if you could give, I'm just going to highlight something specific just so people can get a little insight into maybe um, your coaching philosophy or mind when you're working with strokes, like you mentioned with Raya working on separated breaststroke. And I thought it was a really powerful drill and how you guys recognize that that was the most important thing for her. Wondering, like, what is it? If what is she said a specific example with like Bailey's butterfly? Like what is what's your favorite drill or what do you feel like has been the most effective? If someone's coaching a butterflyer, I know everybody is different. And so this is a really tough question to answer. But what what do you feel like is the most important thing for a hundred, two hundred flyer 
uh, drill wise, technique wise that you see, Hey, across the board, people are missing out on this. And this is something mm -hmm. we do really well. That's a tough question. Um, <laughs> cause like I, I, when I think maybe it's like the critic in me, but when I think about any of my athletes, like, strokes i think about what they need to do better <laughs> not what they do well but they do do things well i, I think um uh for butterfly specifically like um i think it's it's really important that they you know have good body position have a good kick that's number one i think having having stable hips where they don't have a whole bunch of up and down movement um on the surface um, and making sure they're setting a catch while they're downhill. So like chest is down, hips are up, they get a hold of the water and initiate pressing back on the water while their head's still down, not climbing with their, what I used to call it. Uh, don't climb into your catch. Like don't lift your head up and drop your hips to set your catch. And apparently that was getting stale. Um, because I think I said it too much and it was going in one ear and out the other. And then I was at the junior team camp and Eric's like, Hey, what's up with Bailey's breath? I'm like, I know, man, I've worked, we're working on it. And it's like, just tell her to breathe later. And I was like, Oh, okay. <laughs> and then that's worked. <laughs> so, um, there's an example of just like, you know, having some relationships with other coaches, like getting another eye. That's another thing that like, uh, that I, that I've appreciated about my coaching career is I I've always had, um, another coach that like has been just as responsible for the success of our team as myself, you know? And, um, and that, you know, that was originally, uh, Chris Horner who's at DA now. Um, and then it was Ethan. And then I've had a couple years hiatus from, from having like a sidekick um, all the time that, you know, just having a different set of eyes on your, on your, um, on your athletes helps. And now like I've got Matt page and, and Ben hunt with me um, that help a lot. Uh, so butterfly specifically stable hips, constant kick, um, setting their catch while what they're in, what we call press position and chest down hips up. Um, and then uh, I think like one of the things I always look for is um, just as an overwater guide to what's going on underwater is like, where are their elbows in relation to their body on their exit? So like, I know right away that either your body positions whack or your poles whack. If like when you exit, your elbows are behind your back and I can like see a gap there, you know? Um, so like if, you know, Bailey specifically, if like, if she drops her hips as she's going through a pull pattern, her elbows are going to be behind her back when she exits. Um, or if she like collapses her elbows and her hands come in here on a, on a particular pull, it doesn't happen all the time, but maybe when she gets fatigued, she'll tend to do this and then exit. So that part, like just stand deep while you come under your body. And then once your elbows are done, once they can't move back anymore, like it's time to get your hands moving out. So that you're, they're already moving forward by the time they exit the water. If you out sweep aggressively enough, um, so like general themes and fly is keep your hips stable. Make sure you set your catch 
in your press position, and then all your efforts need to go into moving forward, forward through your exits, forward through your entries. Um, that makes I like the way you break that down to kind of like a macro view and then a micro view and then picking apart the different things that you can help improve. Um, I think every coach has some sort of like tech, uh, hopefully some sort of technique philosophy that they're coaching yeah. their athletes. Maybe, maybe not all, everyone, but hopefully everyone. Um, and, but I think how it's executed is interesting and something I've noticed with a lot of the teams across the country that separates good from great is the standard that you have with those things. So you share, okay, these are the main points with butterfly. So what level of accountability do you hold your athletes to in their technique? Like how often are you correcting them? What happens if they're not keeping their technique and how accountable are they like becoming aware of when they're not doing something and kind of having a culture where they're owning it too and helping each other. One, like I, one I always say like, Hey, you got to take personal responsibility for your stroke technique, right? Like you are the best coach you'll ever have. Um, what's important is, is what I feel like my job is, especially preparing athletes for college. Um, and, and, you know, they get stroke advice in college, but it's probably going to be less um, than they, than they get with their club teams, or at least with us, we hope that we're giving them what they need to not have to, have constant feedback on their technique when they get to school and they can focus on going fast. But um, mm. I think, uh, you know, we, we try to give them as many cues um, that they, that we can so that they can know whether or not they're doing something correctly or incorrectly without a coach having to watch. Um, having said that, um, I'm talking to people about their technique every, every time they're on the wall. Like my, my goal every day is to give something they're doing, give somebody something they're doing well. You know, if we got 25 kids in the practice, everybody gets something they're doing well. Everybody gets something they're going to work on. Um, and then the kids that respond to that feedback the most get the most of my attention. You know, um, but I'm, I'm talking to somebody about their technique every time on the wall. Um, and that can, you got to pick your spots. Like, or at least I feel like I have to, cause we work really hard, you know, like it's hard work, um, in the sport. And I, you know, I, you know, can only speak for my athletes, but I think they work really hard. Our, our goal is to be the hardest working team in the country, you know, and, uh, I, I, um, sometimes have to hold back i think and it depends on the athlete it depends on the situation but you know when you're when you're working your tail off you know and you're you're close to death um <laughs> sometimes it's not fun to hear like hey you screwed up that entry by three quarters of an inch like you know what i mean um so i i don't always always pick on them about their technique, but we do have a high level of accountability with our athletes. And I just think that um, what, what I view as my main role when it comes to technical stuff is to try to give those athletes as much um, information or the information that they need to be able to tell whether or not they're doing things correctly or incorrectly on their own as much as I can um, so that they can take it on themselves and be self-sufficient um, and be able to measure their efficiency against the clock. Um, 
So I love that. I yeah. love that because you're giving them every tool and resource they can have to be successful, and they obviously have to take it upon themselves to implement it and hold themselves to that same level of accountability if they want to be great. And then if yeah. you see that they're doing that, you're going to get them I mean, even more. They have to. You, you have to. It's like for that, any athletes listening to this, like you, you have to be self-motivated when it comes to your technique like you have to you have to care more about your technique than anybody else in the world mm. like not if your coach cares more than you do like it's not going to work mm. they're not going to stand over you every day and the whole day and you don't want them to that's no freaking fun <laughs> um like you have to you have to be thinking about it when no one else is um you have to be interested in improving every stroke every time you take it um and nobody's perfect. You're not going to do that all the time, but you can do it more often, guaranteed. So that's good. That would be my advice for swimmers: like take responsibility for your technique, ask questions if you don't understand something, um, and figure out ways to measure objectively whether or not it's working. You know, like taking you know taking twenty eight strokes in a fifty meter freestyle is great, but not if you go a thirty eight. You know. Um, mm -hmm taking 30 strokes in 29 seconds is a lot better than taking 28 and 38. So like things like that, like figure out ways to measure whether or not your technique is working for you. Um, and ask questions about, um, things you don't understand and then, uh, work on it all the time. You're not going to do it in, uh, you're not going to do it in a race until you do it in the main set in practice. And you're not going to do it in a main set in practice until you're doing it in warm up and warm down every day, you know? So these are, these are, these are great sound bites athletes <laughs> listening to this right now. These yeah, are, my, you take these principles and my and, athletes are not going to want to hear it. <laughs> tune out for this part. <laughs> <laughs> they got it locked in. No, those are, yeah, well, phenomenal. I don't know about that, but they, they've heard it before. That's for sure. <laughs> phenomenal pieces of advice. And, and, and you're talking about this is kind of the last subject um, to wrap up here, but you're talking about object, uh, objective, like measurables and things to measure progress. And so I'm going to embarrass you and the team for a minute because your guys's progress is very easy to see. And the things that you've done are, are wild. Like, and honestly, things that you guys have done are things that people would say are impossible. So like, for example, you guys have a team of 160 total athletes up to bottom and you guys where your um, ladies were one second away from winning summer junior nationals as a team and we're leading the entire week and we're back and forth with another great program carmel swim club in indiana um but the interesting thing is they're about three to four times the size of crow canyon and yet you are right there down to the very last relay it came down to which was so fun to watch i remember screaming at my live stream cheering for you guys <laughs> and it was it, it was absolutely epic but um and an incredible relay from both sides but i can't tell you how many times i've heard coaches say hey we're a small team we'll never be like competing with the teams that have 500 or 700 or 1000 or however um, however big another team is and something that I admire about you and all of your kids is that they're like, we don't care. We don't care what size we are. Like we want to win. Like we want to be great. And like, we're focused on being great people, but we want to be the best we can be in the water. So like, come on, put us up against the best of the best. And, and 
how do you build a culture like that? How do you have take a small team like that to compete with people who are significantly larger than you on the biggest stage? What does that look like? Uh, well, first of all, thank you. Um, but I, uh, yeah, I probably like I, our girls did phenomenal. I'm probably, I'm more proud of our combined team score that we were fourth. Like, I think, uh, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm really proud of the fact that, uh, that everybody contributed. Um, and, uh, it's amazing. And I think, um, like you said, I, we don't care. <laughs> we don't care what size our team is and you don't need a huge team to be successful. Um, at, you know, a junior national meet you need, you know, we brought, we had, you know, yeah, we, we have good percentages when it comes to who qualifies for meets. That's what it comes down to. Like, it's like we, uh, and we have some elite athletes, you know, um, we brought, we have, we had 16 summer junior qualifiers, right. Or 17, something like that out of our, you know, my group was, had 27 kids in it. Like our goal was for everybody to make that meet. Um, we didn't, we came up a little short, but, um, and then when, like when, what I preach to the athletes is like, yeah, we're, we're a smaller team. That means everybody needs to be involved whether or not you are in the pool or on the sidelines or at home. Um, and uh, I think like, you know, every kid from, from our nine-year-old that just started swimming to our 18-year-olds that are graduated, like they all contribute in some way to, you know, our girls going 407 in the 400 medley relay somehow some way they do um that's what i try to preach to them but like when it comes down to just like the the tactical level of scoring points at a meet like that like you just gotta you gotta have a couple fast kids (laughs) you gotta have a couple fast athletes and you gotta score in relays and there's only four people on a relay there's not 500 so you know yeah, I mean, we've never viewed that as an excuse. Like, it's a badge of, of honor we have that we, you know, that we are small but mighty and we we uh, we like to compete with the best. And, um, you know, whether we have 60 or 600 athletes on our team, like, we're going to do everything we can to be the best team in the country. You know, that's, a, that's what we, that's what our goal is. Like, we're not going to, you know, we're not going to pout over not being that, but I, I think uh, just like you say, like, you know, you strive for perfection. You never reach it. Right. It's good to shoot for the moon. Um, and that's what we always try to do. Like every year, our goal is to, you know, win summer juniors um, every year. <laughs> um, and we haven't done it yet. <laughs> and I'm okay with that. Like, as long as like my thing, when we go to those meets, what I, what I preach to our athletes um every time we go to those kind of competitions where you're doing team score thing, like it's the most fun you're going to have in the sport, you know, like that's why college swimming is so much fun because you do mm-hmm. that at every meet. Um, but that, um, that like, it's, it's about, it's not about winning or losing the competition. It's about deciding that you're going to try to do something really hard together and you're going to give it, everything you have no matter what and not being afraid of failure because like 
most people stop short of failure, whatever it is. Uh, most people are afraid of giving it everything they got coming up short and then being slapped in the face of that reality, you know, like, Oh, I need to get back to work. And, but if you, if you're afraid of failure and you, and you give up rather than fail, like you never really figure out where you're at and what you need to do mm-hmm. next. So that's the approach we take into those meets. I think that's why, or that's not why we're, we're successful because we have amazing athletes. Um, <laughs> and the attitude we take into those meets is, just all about like, Hey, what can you do for your team? Let's do that. Let's pick a really hard goal to go for and try to do it together. If we come up short, fine, we'll get back to work. Yeah. I mean, that's inspiring. Like, stuff. That's what you're going to do anyway. If you succeed, you reach your goal. The next step is get back to work. And mm-hmm. if you come up short, you don't reach your goal. The next step is get back to work. So mm-hmm. <laughs> either way, <laughs> you you're getting nothing, back to work. <laughs> you got nothing to lose. So, yeah, I love that you 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 learn and grow no matter what, whether you're winning or losing. Yeah. And if we, winning, yeah, we got a saying: it's you either win or you learn. You never lose. Yep, I love it. So. And staying hungry, like you mentioned, when you when you do succeed, it's like cool. Like stay hungry, stay humble. Let's get back to work. What else can we do better? And yeah, um, we're greedy Americans, man. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Well. Joe, thank you so much for the time, man. I know that this has been awesome for me. I know it will be inspiring to many who watch this, athletes, coaches, parents alike. It's a privilege to get to brush shoulders with you on a day-to-day basis. And thanks for all you're doing for the swim community and taking the time to come on our podcast. Yeah, man. Thank you so much for everything you do for our team. And I really appreciate you having having me on here. It's good talking to you. Thank you for listening to the Swim Strong Dryland podcast. If you'd like to be a part of the Swim Strong Dryland family, you can reach out to us via email or social media. You can also follow Swim Strong Dryland on YouTube and TikTok for more educational content.